Fist pump hour here on Sean and RJ on 105 through the fan. Bobby Belts, RJ Choppy, Sean Sharif. Not built like us, Chop. He no. he he couldn't make it he couldn't make it the whole show. We are built home tough right here. I got my we're blankie. Just, we're built different. I got my blankie on uh, that I'm using to cover my legs because uh, I'm wearing shorts. And it's very chilly. There's a window here. This is not a drafty home, but this window is 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 it's so cold. Same. Down. It's so cold out. This window's getting me. Uh, I got my house shoes on. Uh, these things are very. These are like my old man slippers. Okay, I have I have my boys. blankie too. Look Big at blanket. these things. My house shoes. Yep. Oh, look very at nice. that. Uh, so I'm rocking with that. Loving it. Loving it. Just, cru- just crushing it. We should be working yeah, from you know, home every day. Nobody should ever get in a car again. <laughs> ever. Ever. Sh- Sean, uh, yeah, Sean is uh, on his way back because it was starting to look rather dicey. Uh, they're around 75 and fits you. But you know what? You know who uh, You know who made it in, Chuck? Well, let me guess. Mr. Employee of the Month. Kevin Hagland. Better. You, you down hey, there, Haggy? How you doing, man? How's it going, bro? No, it's not actually him. <laughs> He's putting his headset on. I, th- I threw him at an awkward time. Uh, you do that. Uh, no, but uh, as, as we wait for Hagee to connect and before we go into around the NFL, uh, let's take a quick look at the weather map, uh, Chop. As you can see here, um, there's a lot of, uh, dang it, my hand. Okay, pink, a lot of pink here. This is some purple. This is some blue. The white, I think, is okay. Uh, I guess that's stuff that's not covered, mm-hmm. but just a lot of a lot of colors is yeah. what I would is my main takeaway. From that's the, your yeah, weather from the breakdown. Radar. That's my yeah. That's my. I, I don't know if you can see it on the fan cam there, Hagee, but as you can, can see, like we've got I a lot of colors. I, I can. Uh-huh. Um, there's colors and mm-hmm. and then there's areas where there's not really much color. Do you and have so the colors? Is where you don't want to be. Yeah, if you lived in the Metroplex long enough, I, I bet you are used to these these colors since we lead the nation in freezing rain or cold rain or whatever. Mm-hmm. So do you, weird. Do you know what the corresponding colors mean, or is that as far as we're getting? Is there's lots yeah, of colors? Yeah. So so uh, this is this is not great. The, yeah, the uh-huh. pink, and then the Nailed purple. Uh-huh. The purple is even less great. Mm-hmm. And then the blue, I think, is snow. Mm-hmm. And then the white is just terrain. Yeah. Okay. So green is rain. So, mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, let's see, blue. I think it's snow. Is Purple snow. is freezing rain. I think pink is the sleep. Can I ask Look, you? See, Ch- Chop can do this. Okay. Well, can I ask you guys a question? If for whatever reason sports radio didn't work out or the NFL didn't work out, would you guys consider being a weatherman tandem? Oh, that'd be that'd be good. Like, I like, think a, so. like we could be like uh, back in the day, like when they were making the uh, Troy Dungan to to beat. Pete Delkus transition. Yeah, like we can we can tag team on it for a little bit. I can see I think that. that that would work out. And basically, our hit rate would be about the same as our hit rate on our sports takes. So I think mm-hmm. it would work out well for us. We're used to it. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. So before we get into around the NFL and let you go, Hagee, how was the drive in? You, you got any uh, man on the street reports for us? Yeah, actually. So I think it's going to be worse tomorrow once this all freezes back over. Sean, oh. Sean leaving right now, probably not the worst idea because 
So there's not a lot of people on the road, which I actually think is a good thing because while the roads stink and it's starting to get slippery, it is not, un depending on which direction you're going. I came from Garland, so mostly on 30. It's not disastrous and there's nobody else you really have to deal with. Like, you don't have to worry that someone's going to skid into your car because I think I saw a total of maybe 15 cars the entire way. Wow. Man, there's no, oh, there's it. no, there's very few people out there. Well, thank you for that uh, live report, Kevin Hagland. Uh, we'll return back to you later and, with uh, further updates. And RJ, you know, I had to show up because I've missed three days of work, and that is like 17 months for me. It is a long time. Yeah, we I, hope I you're hope feeling that better. You're smart, and you stay home tomorrow, <laughs> or you get a hotel and you just right next to. The <laughs> if they have a Comrex for me, maybe I'll do that. Be smart, Bye, guys. All right. Be love safe. you, Hagee. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, all right. Let's go around the NFL real quick here, Chop. Uh, first story I want to touch on, uh, we, we've got a report yesterday uh, from Albert Breer that the Raiders still have not granted Derek Carr permission to talk to other teams about a trade at this point, which to me, I look at that and go, why? That just feels petty at that point. Why would you not? If you're ready to move on from him, everything he gave to that organization, why not just let him start the process? Because they want to be petty. Josh but McDaniels, because Josh McDaniels is a jerk. That's why. he. It would not surprise me if he hangs on to Derek Carr until so late in the process that he could, he's, he's destined to have a bad year. The sooner Derek Carr finds a home, the quicker he gets into the playbook. But if you're Josh McDaniels, you want to be proven right. The best chance to get proven right is to dump him in the middle of August to some team, let him have no chance of learning the playbook, and having him have a bad year. It just it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, as, as Pro Football Talk notes yesterday, Derek Carr's $32.9 million base salary for 2023 and $7.5 million of his 2024 salary become fully guaranteed if he's on the roster on February 15th. So we're talking about 16 days away, and it says plenty of speculation that the Raiders will try to put the framework of a trade in place ahead of that date. So if you're 16 days out, why are you not letting him get involved? He, he's got a no-trade clause. He's going to have to approve any deal. This just seems like pettiness, and at this point, are you not jeopardizing, hey, we can't find a deal that he'll agree to? February 14th, Valentine's Day, we're just going to have to cut the guy. Yeah, and maybe they do. And if they cut him, I don't know I, I don't know that those are a cap, but I, if I'm Derek Carr, I'm like, heck yeah. Wouldn't you rather be cut? I guess if you have a no trade, it doesn't really matter. But if you if you get to be cut, then you, you're free picking the litter. And if I'm Derek Carr, if, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, are you not calling Derek Carr immediately? Oh, yeah, absolutely, especially with you still don't know about Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, which uh, another around the NFL topic. Uh, we, we get the report yesterday from Schefter out at least six months. If he does need – it's a full tear of the ulnar nerve. If he does need a, uh, a Tommy John surgery, he'd be out close to a year. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you don't have Purdy and you still aren't sure on Lance, then, yeah, I think Carr makes a ton of sense there. He's a good quarterback. I mean, like, I, 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 he's what? Not – He's below Dak, but ahead of you know, Tannehill. Like he's probably what ahead of Kirk. I think he's better than Kirk Cousins. He's uh, he's he's as good now. Like I would guess he would have close to the same success that Brock Purdy was having in the San Francisco offense. Like I would imagine it's similar. I mean, I, I like Carson. I mean, I would take him. The Jets, you know, could be in on him. 
Um, you know, New Orleans certainly needs a quarterback. There's a lot of teams out there that need quarterbacks uh, that go get him. I think he's an upgrade over Daniel Jones, given the Giants. Uh, a lot of teams could could be in on him. But they've got to trade him. And they don't appear right now to be in any hurry. And that's it's a bad run. Or, it's a poorly run organization, man. It just is. It's a really poorly run organization. Speaking of the uh, San Francisco 49ers, former San Francisco 49er great uh, Joe Staley is going to be here in around the NFL uh, headlines. What do you got, Chop? So Joe Staley went back and forth with Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau, of oh. course, is a very unique uh, personality. He loves to talk. Loves, loves to it. talk. Loves to talk. So he tweeted during the NFC Championship game, the way this game looked, we might be better than the 49ers. Joe Staley, obviously just on Twitter. You're a flash player who gets bodied by average tackles. Don't Damn. let the New York media affect you too much. Now, he used affect A-F-F-E-C-T. Is that the correct form? I, I'm never totally sure. I'm, not I, either. I'm, I'm terrible to ask about this. I use impact. But you're an English minor. You're supposed to know. I don't really know. I, I use the word impact always instead of effect or effect. I can never figure it out. Yeah, I've done that too. I'm like, I'll I'll look for a synonym and just go. All right, let's yeah, let's try that one. And I saw this was it wasn't just Thibodeau. It was also uh, Lawrence Tynes. Parsons went at him a little bit. And he oh. had said yesterday when he said the way this game looks like we might be better than the 49ers. Mike had tweeted some gif. And Kayvon said, what country are you in? Oh. Micah says, I'm, I'm in America, getting ready for Pro Bowl, LOL. How about you? So, <laughs> Duncan, he's dunking on him right there. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of Pro Bowl, by the way, Josh Allen uh, is not going to be competing. No. Uh, and so, you would think, all right, what other AFC quarterbacks do we have? You can't have Mahomes, Burrow. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, would this be – would Derek Carr maybe get a call, even though he got benched at the end of the year? I mean, would this be – uh, who, who, who would you have an option of even considering? Uh, I, I don't know. Chop, do you happen to know who they chose to replace Josh Allen? I, I did see this. I did see this. I, ha I, I went to look to make sure it wasn't April 1st because they put Tyler Huntley. Excuse me? Uh, Tyler Huntley. Is that who like, uh, that, that sounds like, isn't that like one of the, uh, like the opening acts for somebody like Luke Combs? Like, that just sounds no, like no, somebody who'd open for Luke Combs. No, good reference, but it's not, it's not him. <laughs> it's not him. He's not a comedian either. Uh, no, this is this is a quarterback who plays for the Ravens. Took over for Lamar this year after Lamar got hurt. So An actual quarterback, yeah. Well, yeah, very, very nice. I see what you did there. So, Tyler <laughs> Huntley is going to be a replacement for Josh Allen in the Pro Bowl. I personally am shooketh by this i cannot believe that they went down the tyler huntley road and this is something that i'm guessing because the way it was phrased in the ian rapaport report i saw said that he's replacing him in the pro bowl games but didn't like say he's replaced replacing him in the pro bowl like you would normally hear tyler huntley started four games this year he had 67 percent completions two touchdowns three picks 5.9 yards per attempt his qbr was 41 had a gutsy performance against the Bengals in the playoffs. We could at least give him that. Um, but in general, the way he said Pro Bowl games, it sounds like he's going to be participating in this, but not listed as a Pro Bowler. It's like, dude, we just need bodies, but there's no way that we can call you a Pro Bowler. Right. Yeah, you can't. 
uh, which is odd. I mean, like, if you're in the Pro Bowl, you should be in the Pro Bowl, right? You're a Pro Bowler. That's how I look at it. Uh, but I guess they're not going to go down that road. What else you got there, Choppa? You got an update on Joseph Osai? Yeah, so there was an article on SI talking about it's time to stop awarding first downs for non-malicious infractions. Uh, now, they're talking about the late hit penalty that Joseph Osai incurred on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the ruling was correct. It makes sense. But what they're mm-hmm. saying is, um, should the definition of a penalty, you know, shouldn't change with too much left because fans and media would be annoyed by its impact of the game, yada, yada, yada. But they're also talking about other defensive calls, d- defensive penalties that are non-malicious, like not late hits, not unnecessary roughness, more like the five-yard holding on third and 18 that gives you an automatic first down. Um and that that's illegal what, contact, yeah, yeah, illegal contact or a you know a hands of the face, you know. And, and my my first initial thought was, okay, that makes sense, but you know, if you don't have that, Chris, first of all, the defense is already at such a disadvantage. But if you don't have the automatic first down for defensive players holding, wouldn't they just automatically hold if they get beat and only get a five yard penalty and live to fight another day on third and twelve? instead of third and 17? You would think so. You know, it's always been interesting to me that, uh, like, that the the defensive holding is just five yards and the offensive holding is 10. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you're still disrupting what somebody's trying to do, regardless. Right. And so I, I've always thought it was odd. Now I'm turning around. Is, uh, holding's not an automatic first down, is it? Defensive holding I mean, is, yeah. No, no, but uh, not offensive, I don't think. Like, if you're in first, if you're in second and 15, and, or, or, or no, it wouldn't be that. It's the, like, it doesn't, you don't lose the down or whatever. Like, right. I would think that for it to be even, you would have to incur the penalties and lose the down, I mean. Yeah, you don't lose the down, you replay it, you just get 10 yards beyond. So if it's first and 10, now it's but first to and equal, 20. E- but to equal getting an automatic first down on defense, the equivalent for that on offense, I feel, would be like, hey, holding's a big penalty, so you would have to lose the down in addition to the yards. I just think sure. it's interesting that in one scenario, you get to replay the down and you get 10 yards. And then in the other scenario, you get fewer yards, but it's an automatic first down. It's just a, a, a little inconsistent to me. I, I don't totally get it. But uh, yeah, Joseph Osai, I'm sure that he would have uh, valued that a great deal not to have that penalty right. uh, tack on to him because it's uh, it's been a rough week for, for the young man. He's a good, I have he's a good kid. no I like idea. I have no idea how he walked in that locker room. Oh, gosh. I mean, especially with Jermaine Pratt walking behind him screaming about, like, how do you hit the quarterback? Uh, I mean, his teammates held him up. B.J. Hill obviously went viral for, uh, you know, being there to support him. And, and you know, it, there there were some good moments that came out of that, some some praise. And I, I guess there's, you know, a little bit of a silver line in that sense. Coming up next here on Sean and RJ, we're going to kick off a discussion that we had a little bit earlier uh, that we just kind of had by accident. But we want to get your thoughts on it, too, on the truckwreck.com fan text, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. Who are the most disrespected personalities in the history of DFW sports? That's next. Back here on Sean and RJ on 105 through the fan, Bobby Belts alongside RJ Choppy. Sean Sharif not built for this uh, winter weather like like Chop and I. Um, you know we and we, we yeah and then Peyton like That's we right. knew we could handle this and uh, Sean Sean had to take off. 
So he is, uh, he's actually trying to get home right now. We actually stayed home, to be completely honest, Chop and I. Uh, we're, we're warm in our, our homes with blankies, and uh, Sean is uh, in the process of trying to get home before the uh, streets turn into too much of a skating rink. But before Sean Sharif left earlier today, we were discussing the news that Kellen Moore uh, had taken the job with the Chargers you know, it's funny, uh, the old the old Rob Ryan quote, I have a job in five minutes that you mentioned yesterday, Chop. And you, you had said jokingly, like, I don't know if he'll have a job in five minutes, but it was it was pretty close. It was pretty close to five minutes for Kellen Moore. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was, it was 18 hours, not even. Uh, in 18 hours, he went and he got, you know, a, arguably, I wouldn't say a better job, but uh, you know, because it's the Chargers versus the Cowboys. But, I mean, he got a better situation. He got the best available quarterback on the market. And, you know, a coach that I think is really, really good. I love Brandon Steele. I know he rubs people the wrong way. He's he's, he's kind of too radical. But I love the, uh, you know, the, the way that he runs the game, the fourth down uh, aggression. And, you know, just we're, we're going for it. on Because the numbers say you should go for fourth and one every on every yard line. Of the field, outside the nine, your own nine. Beyond yeah, that, because you can't have fourth and one it. anywhere else. You can't have fourth and one on your own eight. Right. <laughs> but other than that, just go for it each time. And and look, I think that that's something that we all uh, generally were frustrated with, though, uh, with, with this team at times, is, is the conservative fourth down calls later in the season. Like, the fact that they, in those three times, they didn't go for it on fourth down against uh, San Francisco, I thought two of them were really awful, and one of them was just kind of a debate if you wanted to, to do that or play field position. But uh, Kellen Moore was part of that, so we'll see if there's any uh, friction there. But it started this discussion about Kellen Moore's resume, and Sean had brought up the point that uh, – Sean, Sean – had brought up the point that, uh, you know, is Kellen Moore potentially, given his resume and all the kicking he took – is he one of the most disrespected personalities in the history of DFW sports? And so we started talking about it during some of these breaks, and and it actually turned into kind of an interesting conversation. We got some feedback on Twitter. We want to get your thoughts, too, on the truckwreck.com fan text, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. Who are the most disrespected personalities in the history of DFW sports, and does Kellen Moore qualify? So I'll throw to you first, Joppy. Does Kellen Moore qualify as a disrespected personality in the Metroplex? And who are some of the names that you would throw out? I think he does qualify as a disrespected name. I think he was really good. I mean, it's really hard to put up the offensive numbers that he did uh, and not be really, really good. I, so I definitely think that he was a disrespected uh, coach. I don't think he was what, you know, I don't think it was like over the line. Um, in the disrespect, I thought he was still split. I mean, a lot of people did think he was good, but this is normal. Like you always, people always trash the OC because they don't want to trash the quarterback or they don't want to trash the head. Like everybody's got their own sure. sort of unique biases in there. Uh, but I think that Kellen Moore was definitely, um, you know, disrespected in, in terms of the production that he put up here. And who would you say around that we were talking i know you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the during one of the breaks doug free is one that stands out for you you got he any stands other out for me man like doug free stands out like he was a good player he was a good yeah. player um he wasn't great uh, but he was good 
And I, you know, he got here basically to go over for Mark Colombo. And Colombo was a, you know, a, a tremendous uh, right tackle for this team for a long time. And he took over for him and, uh, at the end of his career, at the end of Colombo's career. And, and listen, Doug Free was a good player. He took yeah. over, you know, he played, he, you know, he took over for Flo Zell as well. You know, he, you know, he switched over sides and such, and he was kind of all over the map when they, wherever they needed him, he went wherever they needed him. Uh, he was a good, he was a solid player. So he was one that I had. And then I went and the fan text, you know, came up with a ton of names, uh, not just with the, you know, mostly with the Cowboys though. Sure. And yep. we've got the uh, already we've got nine, seven, two Dak is hella disrespected. He is. He has a, a a strong fan base too. The only the the um, the volume of disrespect, yes. I, the percentages related to how much they're deserving, I, I think that da, there there are others who skew a little bit more heavily. This is an answer I'm interested in. Eight one seven Dave Campo. You you think he was? I, I here's the thing about Dave Campo. He was in an unenviable position. They didn't have picks. They traded him away for Joey Galloway. They were making awful picks in the process. It was this awful rebuild time. He was a good defensive coach for them for a number of years. Came back a little bit later, coached the secondary. So I could see that as him being somebody that got a little bit more heat than he deserved. Uh, some of the others that came to mind for me, Avery Johnson. I, I know that it was it was time to go, and he, he was not a perfect coach by any means for the Mavericks, but he was somebody I felt like who – was just disrespected as if he never did anything. And I thought that that was a little over the top. Greg Ellis, he, he will always be not Randy Moss to most of the fans, but he was a really good defensive end for a, the better part of a decade. And I, I thought that they always held him to some unrealistic expectations and standards because of who went ahead or, or who they passed over to pick him. And then uh, two pitchers for the Rangers, Colby Lewis, who got ragged pretty consistently the last four years I feel like that he was here in Texas four or five years and then our buddy Derek Holland I felt mm. a I felt at times that you know people didn't appreciate how solid he was I mean I believe during his time in Texas I think he finished with an ERA under four for his career and I know that his 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 FIP was always his fielding independent percentage was always really good and so uh, to me, I think Holland, Lewis, those are some guys that stand out to me. Greg Ellis. Uh, we had some interesting names said to us on Twitter. Flozell Adams. It's a good yep. answer. Flozell's one. I mean, there's, there's been, let's see, uh, Byron Jones. Uh, Terrence Newman's another one. Anthony Spencer um, is a good name. Uh, Terrence Williams. Uh, Jason Garrett. Uh, Terrence Williams is probably Terrence Williams is not a bad name because there nobody thinks he was any good and he was he was a decent receiver for them for a few years and I, I and it's I think people just remember the scooter and they laugh at him and, and things like that. This one's interesting on the Fantex and I'll throw this over to you, Mister Hockey RJ Choppy, because I don't remember this being the case at all. Four six nine Darian Hatcher. I remember Hatcher being pretty like like I mean when he left there were people that were hurt because. He went to the Red Wings, but right. I remember people feeling like Hatcher was like the heart and soul of those Stanley Cup teams. I, I don't remember the, him being disrespected. I thought he was tremendous, and I think a lot. I thought a lot of people loved him. I don't remember him being a disrespected player at all. Um, maybe, maybe I'm just wrong on that one. Let me throw a Maverick name I out for you. Let's get it. Antoine Jameson. 
Interesting. He, played, he, um, was, he was one year here. His numbers, if you look at it, now he played about 10 minutes per game less here than he did everywhere else in that time of his career. Mm -hmm. He was in his prime. He only averaged 15 and 6 here. The two years prior, he averaged 20 and 22 a game. The two years after, he averaged 20 and 22 a game. His player efficiency, though, was the highest of his career in the one year he played with the Mavs. Fans didn't, did, did, he didn't fit for whatever reason. They couldn't figure out how to use him. I don't think the fans very much cared for him either, but he was a good player. And I thought he was getting yeah. undue hate that he didn't deserve here. Yeah, and he won uh he won sixth man of the year, I think, that, that year that he was here. Yeah, um, I think he did. And so he was he was he was a productive player. That was one of the biggest problems too, is just like he was a he was a power forward uh, essentially. Um yeah, I, he was listed as a small forward, but he essentially played as a power forward and I think they just felt like, okay, gotta gotta clear up some space somehow, you're not gonna start here. And I don't think he wanted to just be a forever backup. And he went to Washington and had a really successful run there. Um Another interesting name here, Roy Williams from the 972. That's an interesting one because I, if that's the case, I'm probably guilty of it because I always, I, I think this city turned on Roy Williams and I guess it depends on which one you're talking about. I assume they're talking about the safety, but I think the the safety Roy Williams, the city turned on him. This fan base turned on him after like year two and he was, he was a good player. Like, like, I mean, he definitely had his limitations. He couldn't cover. Everybody remembers him giving up those two bombs to Santana Moss and Mark Brunel in Washington on Monday Night Football in 04. And that was when it just kind of shifted, I felt like, for people. And they were like, nope, this dude can't cover. He's a waste. He had the, Bill Parcells had the line, he's a biscuit away from being a linebacker. And so he he took a lot of heat that was probably unnecessary. I mean, this was a, he was a five-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, he was. I wonder how much that was a Pro Bowler because of his name. Sure. I mean, the first year was absolutely deserved when oh, yeah. I don't think he actually got, I don't think he got it that year, but he should have, but he was, I mean, I mean, he was a intimidating physical, like really good football player. It's just, he had his limitations. I would have loved to have seen you give Roy Williams to like Dan Quinn today, like give him that player. I think he'd be, we, we would be in love with that player. That, I mean, some people have, I saw somebody make that comparison recently. They felt Donovan Wilson is kind of that guy. I don't think he he hits as hard as as Roy Williams did. Roy Williams used to just like throttle people. That was all he looked to do, and he was big. He was like two twenty five, just a big dude. Obviously, you remember he uh, he he gave us the horse collar tackle rule. He did. It was it was him tackling To. To. Uh, some other ones we saw over on Twitter, Shinsu Chu. You like that one? Uh, look, I I was uh, <laughs> this is funny. I was a big proponent. Of Shin Su Chu. Um, he was the analytics dream. Everybody loved him, right? High on yep. base percentage. Couldn't do anything else. That's what he was. I loved him. Uh, l l listen to his on base percentages. Um, let's see. It was absurd. The, the discrepancy between his batting average and on base percentage every year was insane. 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 So these are like, let's go with, um, you know, from his age 29 season on. Mm hmm. 373. 423, 340, 375, back to back 357, 371, 371, 323. That's absurd. All, all while hitting like 260 at he times. Hit, yeah, I mean, his career average was 275. He was about like 280. Like, you know, but he had a career, his career OPS was, was, was 820. That's good. 
His OPS plus was 122, which means like 20% better than league average as, as a hitter. And, man, you thought he was garbage. The fans thought he was garbage. He was But all this guy did, all he did was get to first base. And there are a lot worse things you can do as a baseball player. I, I think there are some other good names. We'll have to continue this discussion at a, another point. We've had some Dwight Powell, Danny White. Uh, Danny White's a good name. Christoph Porzingis. Uh, Eric Dampier is one that I, I was thinking about, and we just got that one in from the 817. So a lot of good names. Uh, you guys can keep those pouring in, and uh, we'll be discussing it on Twitter as well. Uh, coming up next here on 105.3 The Fan, we will crosstalk with the what, – what would we call it? So if it's KMC, I guess it's just the KM Masterpiece. Kevin mm-hmm. Hagelin, Mike Bassick, we'll crosstalk next here on The Fan. It is time for crosstalk with the KMC masterpiece. Yeah. Because I was I was led to believe erroneously by Peyton Russell that it was just the KM masterpiece today. But apparently it just is KM and Studio KMC masterpiece. Okay, but you didn't say that. No, Corey Majors yes. is uh live from uh the boom boom room, his bedroom oh. there. Uh, and uh, he is he is on the uh, the Zoom along with RJ Choppy and I, Mike Bassick, uh, Kevin Hagelin, just manlier men. They they drove into the station unlike us today, um, and so they they get a lot of credit for that. Before I ask you what's coming up on the show, Corey, I just lit a fire. Uh, I need to. What? Oh, did you? Yeah, I just lit a fire. How manly am I now? Under your that's butt. That's pretty. That's. Oh, well, I just rubbed yeah, two sticks together for my daughter. Uh, she was like, hey, I want a fire in the fireplace. I was like, done. Bam, fire. Look Should at have that. told her you're working, not to well, bother you. I did it right before work, so it's okay. <laughs> okay. There was a buddy of mine who wanted to do the fart flame thing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so he said, hey, kids, watch this. And <laughs> oh when he did it, the air sucked in instead of went out. <laughs> oh, and he no. burnt oh his it's butt. backdraft. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, no. They had uh, a yeah. yeah, my, my dad so well. was my dad was in the air force <laughs> with somebody who was uh, doing that trick and they scorched the hair on the back of their legs and uh, oh. thank God you said legs <laughs> before before we get into what you guys have coming up on the show today I do need to give uh, one final weather update uh, so as you can see here on the weather map uh, <laughs> if you're on the, the uh-huh. fan cam um, we've got a little more blue than we uh-huh. did earlier Hagee and that's um, snow that, you said. Uh, in theory, really I know. mean, it's actually. Just Are you sure that's not Tim Hardaway Jr.'s shooting chart? That is so. Come rude. on, what yeah. a so we got, uh, we got, we got some purple. We would say this is pink, right? Like right here. That's his yeah. hot area. Yeah, yeah right so there like, in the middle. Yeah, so like, middle yeah. area is pink. So the middle or the yeah. inside part is pink. Hey, why? Yeah, why? Are, so, why so turn to the got, other side. Got, go to, go to the other side. You're right blocking here. out Fort Worth. You're blocking <laughs> oh, out oh, the real sorry, part sorry. of town. Hold on. All right. All right. Let me get to Move the real the other part side. of town. That's, so, so we've got. We've You're got, wearing a Dallas got, hat. Yeah. What are you talking about, Choppy? It was given to me by a Tolo, so I'm going to wear it. So you just wear everything that people give you? Basically. So if somebody gave you a shirt that was like Hitler, I don't know. You'd be like, well, I was free. I. I think it's a little different. Okay. No, I'm like, just, I'm I just like asking. Audio clip you asked, Kevin. Asked Kevin that, okay. Somebody gives you a Joe Biden shirt. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. no. All right. All right. Back to the weather. We've got, uh, as you can see here, as I show you with my, <laughs> I'm with my sorry, two fingers. I'm sorry, Send emails to Gavin Spittle. I'm headed out. We've got, we've got, we've got the, uh, the, the heavy pink right here around Dallas. There's some purple up here. Fort Worth for you, Choppy, uh, as you can see here. Yeah, I, for of, me and for, you know, a million people. 
Look, uh, like, the bigger than Atlanta. Where's bigger than Atlanta? Where Choppy lives, right here-ish, I think. I don't uh, know. Uh, yes. You can see a lot of purple, Choppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be dealing with purple all day. Um, so that's your that's your weather update here. Uh, Corey, what you got coming up on the show today? Oh, man, so many things on the radio show today. I <laughs> uh, asked all the football questions at 11. Ooh. Plus, Ke- Kevin did a deep dive while also suffering a very severe throat injury. Uh, on the salary cap and how it's affected by COVID still to this day and how Dak Prescott has screwed over all Okay, I didn't say that last part necessarily. Oh, okay, wow. yeah, something like that. But, yeah, how it's really affecting, like, the Cowboys with Dak's contract too, though. So, Mike, uh, we already heard Hagee's update. Uh, how was the drive-in? It was – it was good, and what I mean by that is I went about 20 to 25 miles an hour max, so it takes a little bit of time to get here. Not many people are on the roads, but there were two uh, dip S's <laughs> who decided, hey, you know what? Over this uh, bridge here, I would like to go 45 to 50 miles an hour and see what happens. And you're just, you see them in their in your rear view mirror, and you're like, please, God, do not, uh, you know, slide once you get close to my car, because there's nothing I can do. There's nothing they can do. And then one of them passed me while talking on their phone. Like, oh, you can see them holding dear. their phone. And I was like, you're going to die today or kill somebody. It's multitasking. It's and, multitasking. And so for it, the most part, as long as everybody around you is going around 20 to 25 miles an hour, I feel like you're okay. I'm not saying get out. Do not get out. If if you if you don't have to get out, don't get out. It is not good. You, you don't need to get out. But if you get out, please just respect everybody and go, there's no reason I need to go over 30 miles an hour. Right. Yeah. Unless, I guess unless is- you're dying or somebody's having a baby in your car or something like that, then I understand. <laughs> I uh, I basically obey no, like, normal driving norms, right? Like, I just go around people. Like, I, I, if, I, if I'm coming up at a stop sign, I'm not completely stopping because it's too hard to get going again. Right, I'm just gonna cut, keep my speed. You're saying in this weather, or that's in a this general? Weather. Okay, in this weather, because there's nobody okay. really on the road, so you're like, you know, th- th- it's different, right? So you just always keep your speed, just avoid people. Like that's the best thing, you know, because you can't, you're not gonna get up hills if you don't have your speed. We cannot see anything of downtown. Usually, we can see downtown very clearly, Kevin, and yeah. you cannot see. That's how much it is. I don't know, sleeting. Freezing rain. I know that there's a little bit of a difference. I don't know the difference, but you can't see downtown at all from our windows. If you're beginning to watch a movie, like a drama set probably 100 years ago, that's what it looks like outside. Is they want to set a really low-key, dull term for you and be like, hey, this is what we're doing. Yeah, it looks like what it looks like a uh, like a a, a Westworld like uh, area. Yeah, like, like you can if have you, like here's one of our like uh, our worlds we built for you. It's awful. Yeah, it's cold and this is a we're living in the dystopian future out here. I, don't know what I that feel means. like what is dystopian? Dystopian. Future? Okay, so essentially, do you know what utopia means? Like, yeah. is that supposed to be like perfect world or something? Yeah, like that? exactly. And so dystopian is essentially the opposite of that. Like, if you've seen The Last of Us or whatever, it's like. You're not screwed, but you're pretty much screwed, and you're going to have to work it and maybe find a spunky sidekick along the way. So how was that? So, I, we were thinking of watching that. What is that like? I mean, I've only seen the first. I didn't see the, the newest one, but I've seen the first two. I like it. It 
it, it has some Walking Dead elements. I never played the game, but so far I like it, and I like it's got the guy from The Mandalorian, and you can see his whole face and stuff. I'm, I'm kind of a wuss. I don't really like scary movies, so is it scary? I don't think it's particular. There's a couple of, like, thriller moments, but I don't think it's okay. particularly scary. It's like when you watch Tim Hardaway Jr. shoot. You know something bad's <laughs> oh, probably yeah. going to happen, okay. but every right, once right. in a while he surprises you, you. You didn't even need Corey to tease the show. And you that just Jack needed Mike. That's all what he's going to talk about today. <laughs> I, 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 pro I promise, right after this next question, I am just going to let Mike probably Thanks. scream about the Mavericks for the last five minutes because I want to hear this. Uh, but I'm curious, Corey, what time did you make the decision? Yeah, I'm not going in. Uh, probably Is that a this morning decision? 2 p.m. yesterday. Night? No, it was absolutely yesterday. <laughs> it was absolutely when yesterday. When DJ handed you a Comrex, you're like, sweet. Oh, actually, I had, uh, I'd already had one. Uh, I just kind of stored it well, last time. So uh, so I had one just kind of hanging Let's talk more around. about that, Corey. You're smarter I, than everybody else. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that if anything ever went bad, I was prepared. So People I, fib to me to get, that, to get it back. <laughs> The, uh, Bad, so. But, yeah, I, I had this, and it was yesterday. I was like, man, I think I got one at home, and then I confirmed that I did. And I was like, man, I don't want to – I just don't want to deal with it. Driving south on uh, 75 is going to be dumb. This morning, though, when I woke up at 6, it was nice outside. Like, the the what, the roads looked okay. And then right around, I don't know, 7.30 or so, 7 o'clock, like, it started coming down. Thunder sleet started happening and everything, and I looked outside. And right now, like I said, I told Kevin about three inches of ice right now, uh, and it's just it's coming down more. So, yeah, how it was, probably, it was how yesterday. Is, how much would you say three inches is? Uh, right there, a lot. Okay. I mean, it's a lot. Okay, yeah, I feel like right it's, there. it's uh, eight inches if you last a lot of guys. Yeah. Well, wait, we were just talking about ice there, yeah. uh, Choppy. Uh, Mike, why is Tim Hardaway Jr. the greatest basketball player of all time? And how <laughs> thrilling, how thrilling was so, it to get a to get a come from behind victory against the 13 win Detroit Pistons? Those are the bad boys. They have three championships in the last 30 <laughs> years, and to and to upset them and get that W was huge. I asked this question on Twitter last night, and I got response from somebody who's with the Mavericks. Whoa, and they said, you well, won't believe this, but we actually thought this last week. And I said, if Tim Hardaway Jr. was healthy, do you beat the Utah Jazz last year in the first round? And the Dallas Mavericks are like, we probably would have lost. They don't know. They're like, hey, look, we don't know. I mean, we had to hope he is hot, but there's a, they are kind of at this point going, Wow. Like, he is such a bad basketball player and such a negative player in his percentages and his defense and his recognition of things that they're like, it might have been best that Jalen Brunson had the ball as much as he did, that other guys were getting shots off instead of Tim Hardaway Jr. taking bad threes. And so I think it's, it's, it's to that point where even now people within the organization are going – Gosh, we might have got luck. part of the luck last year or part of like that what elevated you to the Western Conference Finals was that Tim Hardaway Jr. wasn't on the team. That's how they feel about him now. Would you there there was the report yesterday, uh Tim McMahon said it. I know Shams had a a, a similar uh line about it that the Mavericks would entertain trading Dorian Finney-Smith but it would have to be for like a legit number two. I is think, yeah, I think for Mark, like, yeah, Mark Cuban, is, he thinks he's going to get Jokic for Dorian Finney-Smith. <laughs> and he might say, say isn't no. This, isn't this like the whole thing all over again of like, well, you know, maybe we would trade Roderick Bobois and a sign and trade for LeBron. The, this is the thing that bothers me. And Mike and Corey have both asked this question is, do you think that 
Mark Cuban's just BSing her. He really believes this. I, I think the most dangerous thing is he really believes this. He really believes that they somehow have three of the most underrated players in the league and everybody just needs to wake up and realize how good they are. And I'm like, right, but they're not. So I, I, I said this yesterday, Bobby, and this is what I truly believe is Mark Cuban is an entrepreneur. That's what he's not a basketball person. He likes watching basketball. He can't evaluate a sure. basketball player to save his life. But he is an entrepreneur. And entrepreneurs that I know that are multimillionaires, here's how all their brains work if you ask them. And this is how Mark Cuban's brain probably works too is they don't like running a business. That is not fun to them boring. at all. It's boring. Right. Not, they want to create moves. They want to create something. Yeah. They want to build something. And once it's built and done, they want to get rid of it and move on to their next creation in their brain on like, what can I do now? What can I pursue? What can I help? What can I create? And so I think after Mark Cuban won in 2011, and it's been backed up by anybody who's like an entrepreneur for a life, is they say, he has no interest in the Dallas Mavericks anymore. It doesn't interest his brain anymore. He's doing great things with the medicine and stuff like that. But he has told, I, I, I got to be careful on, on absolutes. But he has, Lord? he has pretty much nixed a lot of moves that Nico is trying to make. Because he's like, I'm not adding salary to this team. I'm not doing that. I'm not paying luxury tax. It doesn't really interest him that much. He enjoys going to the game. He likes basketball a whole bunch. But he's lost his passion for running a great organization that is their pursuit is championship. It's not there. It's not in his heart anymore. And it's because he's an entrepreneur. It's just the way that he was created. He does not. He, he climbed the top. He made it. He won the championship in 2011. The best thing for Mark Cuban to do for the Metroplex is to sell the team. He doesn't have much interest in making this the greatest basketball franchise in the next 10 years under Luka. It's like, hey, it makes me tons of money. I'm not paying luxury tax stuff. And so it's really tough right now for me to root for the Mavs knowing that there's an owner that doesn't really care that much about trying to pursue a championship. Really quickly here, has he become Tom Hicks? Oh, so now I will say this. I don't know. Tom Hicks was literally out of money. It had yeah. to go to auction like he he ran himself out of all money. I do think Cuban has some financial issues, but that's all theory. But I do think he's come to the point in his life and it's been for a while. But now we're really finding out now that Luca's max contract is kicked in. Now we are starting to know factually that Mark Cuban has very little interest in making this a great championship franchise under Luka. He will pay the max as long as Giannis walks in the door and Ja Morant walks in the door and Jokic walks in the door. He'll he'll max out all those guys for five straight championships. Unfortunately, he's not going to start trading for guys that have uh, contracts that are going to push him into more luxury tax next year. He's trying to eliminate paying the luxury tax next year and yeah. is letting his front office know, do not trade for anybody that makes more money next year and and I'm not going to uh, go sign guys and go over this number. We will, you will get more of that coming up here next on the KNC Masterpiece.